there are a couple very key turning points in my life. One mm-hmm. was going to USC. Mm-hmm. Second was meeting JD. Hey, all you girls, boys, and non-binaries out there in podcast land. Uh, you're going to get a special treat today. Uh, this week, we're going to have a bonus episode of the show for you. And then next week, we're going to have the season finale, which we have all been waiting for. In next week's episode, let me just say this. It's titled Roscoe's At Last. And if you've been following my journey in this podcast for the past year, you know that one of the things that my co-hosts always uh, tease me about is the fact that as a black man living in Los Angeles, that uh, I ain't never been to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Very early on in the show, we talked about me going and us making an episode out of it due to COVID and a bunch of other stuff got put off. But finally, we did it and it is a doozy. It's going to be a really fun and funny episode with some surprises, but uh, I'm still working on it, so it's not quite ready this week. So this week I have still a special treat for you. I'm calling this The Origin of J.D. and Yolanda. We've talked a lot about my life, and the podcast is predominantly about my life as a black man, reconnecting with my blackness and all the funny things that occur along the way with my two black BFFs, J.D. and Yolanda. And we get little insights into their life every now and then. But while recording the uh, season finale and doing a recap, so to speak, or our post-mortem visit to Roscoe's, we got on the subject of how when they met for the first time and how Yolanda's life was very much like mine before JD came into her life, her being a black woman in a predominantly white world. And she talks about how, had she not met JD, uh, her life would have turned out a lot like mine. And we get into this really interesting discussion about how the availability of who you can date has a profound impact on the direction that your life takes and how it was different for her as a black woman versus me as a black man. I think you're going to find that in- that conversation interesting. So that's the first part of the, sh- uh, of the episode. And then towards the end, we have a fun discussion of <laughs> Yolanda's Twitter handle. Uh, early in the season, I got on her case because her Twitter handle is this convoluted mess. And I kept trying to get her to change it, and she refused. So we get into the origin. It's not really the origin of her Twitter handle, but we get into a discussion of, about the origin of my uh, I wouldn't call it a beef, but my getting on her case about her convoluted Twitter handle. So uh, this week we have a special bonus for you. It's quick. It's fun. Uh, it's going to give you some new insight into my two good friends and co-hosts. And the next week, I promise, we'll have the season finale of Dungeons and Dregs, Roscoe's at Last. But today, this week, we have... The origin of JD and Yolanda. Enjoy. Hey, hey, Mr. make fun of me all the time yeah. about being yeah. completely washed out. No. Like, what's another that, example? 
when she told me Gone with the Wind was her favorite movie, like, oh, this relationship, we might have to. You know, See, like, that is know. a problem. Not even no. I. No, no. That was wait, in college. That was ever in college. That. She wasn't in the film. Let's not get on that. Oh, what? Wait, wait, wait. He used to tease me for not hanging out with all the black students at school the and blacks. all the like i wasn't i was what he used to make a whole he used to make fun of me all kinds so of this stuff. is interesting like, so, all right so here's the interesting so thing i was then. very much like you so here's this is very interesting you know if and i would venture to say had i not met him and started dating him i would have continued on that path right so this is interesting because like it's sort of like a sliding doors kind of thing where your life could have gone one way had you not met him but because you did it went this other way yeah it just happened in college and so i still want to ask about bacon mac and cheese but go ahead there but for the grace of god to go i that that saying i think this kind of applies here where it's like like how did you guys first meet in I a think play for right for Black History Month that was the an Black Student play. Union put on an SC used to called Evening of Soul. Were you guys both in it, or were you? Yes, yes, you were both in it. Okay, um, so JD, why would you like when she told you Gone with the Wind was her favorite film? Why did it not call it quits? Well, I mean, that would be silly. <clears throat> I mean, it, I the know. thing is, is that, no, no, no. I mean, because it, you have to remember the time because it also what was jumping off is that, you know, you had this big insurgence of black culture that was finally, I don't say finally, but there was a, a, a inroads like Spike Lee was on the on the scene coming out this, you know, NWA. NWA. So you had right. rap music really start re I mean, really blowing up because you're talking about the early 90s. We're talking about right. 91. Whatever. So, I mean, even though rap music was there and been around for like a decade or whatever, it's like it really started blowing up and <clears throat> getting popular. Mm -hmm. um, so she wasn't really into rap. Right. I mean, she liked Prince, but she wasn't into all the hippity hobbity music. Right. And then for her to come in talking about Gone with the Wind was her favorite film. And I'm already in my Afrocentric, you know, finding my blackness at college, you know, and, right. you know, uh, really, you know, getting into all the spy to the the nouveau black a black new wave of cinema that was coming out with the John Singletons and Spike Lee's and, uh, you know, the Hughes brothers and all that stuff going on to hear that uh, gone with the wind is your favorite joint. I'm like, Whoa, what? But she would, but, but I would just say this, like at the time, mm -hmm. <clears throat> Yolanda was not, uh, her focus was on business school and wasn't right. really, I would say not that she wasn't a critical thinker, Cause a lot of us weren't like, I know I was like when I was in high school, I was a dingbat. I didn't know anything about race. I wasn't, you know, I, you right. know, I had my hip hop, I was just a B boy, you know, all the hip hop kid heads or whatever. That's, that's what I was. But, but then you start learning about your culture. And, and again, a lot of that stuff wasn't taught. So when we get to college, we start learning about it. Like, oh shit. You know, that's when I picked up the autobiography of Michael Max. Mm -hmm. That's when you start learning about your culture or whatever. And so for her, she and that and I was in the I was in the liberal arts side of things. I, you know, right. she was in the business school, accounting, you know, not really challenged or pushed to think critically about race um, that hardly anybody was at the time. Right. I mean, you know, it's like, I, you know, thinking back into the, the, the 90s, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so glad we had these classes that kind of pushed us. But a lot of the a lot of the pushing also came from my cohorts, my friends 
fellow students like in AFA, the African-American Film Association we had on campus, you know, hanging out with them. That's where I, you know, you know, started really, you know, processing the way uh, black filmmakers. Oh, Mark was more woke than yeah. me. Mark was Mark yeah. was just as pissed off at me about yeah. that. Oh, Mark was. <laughs> he was so mad. Mark is your white friend for those listening. Mark, yeah. yes. Mark Hazlitt. Mark Hazlitt. Yeah, he oh, was my roommate. So. Oh right. right. I, I mean, he, yeah, he would. He and I don't know if "pissed off" is the right word. We're just like me and Mark. How we're how Yolanda and I are are, are hazing you right now. Right. Mark and I would haze Yolanda about "Gone with the Wind" being uh, right. Her, her but so, again she almost really didn't care because like we were in the film school she wasn't could care right. two shits about you at that time it was yeah. like you know like i don't care what okay yeah you know it's like i don't you know it's just like oh let me go with the standard you know right uh just say no to drugs and yeah gone the one's my favorite <laughs> film it's like whatever it's right. just some you know shit that people who aren't really invested they don't care because again a lot of people in this in this world you know we're we're, we're so into like film and culture and, and that's that aspect has really grown and uh that sliver of american culture has really grown and and i don't know what the right word is i promulgated or whatever it's just kind of gotten larger and larger and, and, and more intense right but i i remember the 90s man where a lot of people you know where spike made such a big noise because he was the only one that was really trying to you know really able to kind of break through and then you had, you had Singleton, then you started getting, you know, the Hughes brothers and other black filmmakers. But, man, it was it was, you know, slim pickings. And, you know, not that it, it's so great now, but it, it definitely, you know, better than what it was in the right. early 90s. So, so here's and a, that got us a lot of cast thinking critically about the film and type of stories they, they want to tell. Because it, believe, before Spike was there, everybody felt you had to tell a different type of story. You know, mm -hmm. it, was, it was brothers scrambling, trying to how am I how am I going to break through? How am I going to get in or whatever? Right. You know, and and so you as a as a a, a person of color thinking about how to break into a, a, the storytelling industry, you had to really think, how am I going to break through? And right. You didn't have a lot of examples. You know, you had, you know, Melvin Van Peebles, you know, you right, know right. a generation before that did it. But all right. So and, here's a Michael Schultz. But, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, all right. So here's a question for you. You know, uh, how did how did your experience uh like connecting with blackness in a way that you had at that time like where are some of the either similar similarities or differences that you remember from there versus like what you see what i'm going through are, are there any um sorry yeah Stop she got the it. football game on I'm trying to do a <laughs> podcast with a football game on that is ghetto well um i think what happened for me mm. here so here's what happened i had the benefit of something happening happening to me that did not happen to you although i think i was i think for whatever reason i wasn't as bad off as you were mm-hmm but I think 1,000%, there are a couple of very key turning points in my life. One mm -hmm. was going to USC. Mm -hmm. Second was meeting JD. Right. Because he was right. Before I met him and started hanging out with him and doing whatever, I was not hanging out with any black people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to the places where all the black people hung out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't hanging. So, but I would occasionally like go to gatherings of black, like I went to some black fraternity parties. Right. Before I knew him. Mm-hmm. Which you saw people online. Where I saw people online. I went to a beach party that was black fraternity. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they were the ones who put on this beach party. And so, right. like, I went with these black people. I barely knew them, whatever, something, somehow. So, I think there would have been occasion for mm-hmm. me to kind of dip in and see a little bit of black right. culture. And I think probably, too, be- here's another thing. I think that had it not been JD, it would have been a different, sadly, a different mm-hmm. black man mm-hmm. who I would have met at some right. point in my college career who would have pulled me into the black culture because <clears throat> the white guys weren't checking for me at all. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, you That's know, whatever my romance thing would have at some point pulled me into the black cult college life with that I wasn't getting involved right. in myself. Right. So because of that connection, I, I had this benefit of finally being, you know, meeting a lot of black people on campus. And okay. now we have this large group of black friends, blah, 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 blah. Right. So in a lot of ways I was similar, but I will point out the differences, which I pointed out earlier, the whole thing mm. about the mac and cheese and whatever, blah, 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 too. Right. But I, that's how I would say you and I were pretty similar. And unfortunate for, unfortunately for you, you didn't have the occasion to be pulled back into black culture. But that's interesting because if you think about it, that's a good point you make about the whole like white boys not checking for you. Because I do think it was a lot easier for a black man to get a white woman than it was for a black woman absolutely. to get a, to get a, white, absolutely. To get a white man. And so and I was checking for them white boys, but they were not checking for me. Right. And, you know, yeah, as I've shared before, the fraternity I was in, it was a co-ed business fraternity. Weren't you in Delta Sig too? Yeah, I was in Delta Sig. Right. Too. So we were both in a co-ed yeah, business fraternity. See how parallel our experiences yeah, were? Yeah. Um, you guys were online at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were. We didn't call it that. We didn't call yeah. it online, we called it pledging. but we were. You just called it pledging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Just, yeah. You're, you're a pledge. Synonymous. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Synonymous with online. Um it is interesting, like how my experiences would have been different if the you ability the for me, yeah, if, if the ability for me to get with uh, a non-black person was as difficult what would have been for you as a black woman, which obviously it wasn't, and so um, that's, uh, I mean, it's a good commentary on just the effect that dating a romance has on a person's cultural yeah. uh, experience, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Also, one of something just hit me a thought. I think it's also like when we rib you about all this stuff, right. it's all in jest and love and fun. And right. it feels like the dozens to me because right. it's like even with what Yolanda's saying, it's like when I think back to high school, I, I remember how I was an idiot and I was ignorant of a lot of things because mm-hmm. we just weren't taught. And I'm old enough. Like now everybody's down. Everybody's hard. Every, you know, <laughs> everybody's had the benefit of having Tupac, you know, who was gone before they were even born. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. but me, I was around before rap existed. I remember a school where if you was a black kid, 
you weren't you, the in my growing up in Long Beach, I went to Long Beach uh, Hughes uh, Junior High School, mm-hmm. and and there, uh, back in the early '80s, when rap really wasn't a thing out here, you know, it, it Led Zeppelin or, or uh, what's the all them white rock groups were the popular thing, you know, right. or whatever. And it wasn't, there was no rap. There was no end there was no, you know, you know, rock, rock, white rock and roll music. What was the popular Van thing? Halen. Yeah. Van Halen and uh, uh, Pink Floyd and all that stuff. Yeah. All them groups or whatever. So um, Duran Duran, which I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know which I didn't really listen to. I was always like either before I got, got into hip hop, I was like, you know, just pop music, whatever. But, uh, and I was young, pop? you know, pop, pop, okay. Pac did not. Ex- I'm older than Tupac. So, no, I, I mean, it's That's like, it was, was confirming. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, pop. Yeah, got you it. know, yeah. Mm-hmm. popular music, popular music. Um, like, yeah, my family. shout out to the mighty uh, 690. The mighty <laughs> it was 690. Out here on AM stage. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, stuff like that, you know, right. and and then, you know, then then hip hop came in and when hip hop came in. That's something I could really dig. You know, I could get into it because it because I could recognize part of my culture in it. Before that, it was like all you know, I felt like a lot of the kids were into cheap trick, you know, uh, Def Leppard or Van Halen or whatever. It's like, man, I can't you know, it was hard for me to associate with that stuff because I really didn't, you know. uh, And again, my mother did not listen to that stuff. She was, you know, even though she was white, she had a whole bunch of black friends, and that's who she associated with and hung around with. So right. that was my influence at home. Try to love you with all of my mind. I'm the soul challenger. I'm the real damage. Now behold the cold and the strange magical. All right, as promised, in this part of the episode, we're getting to Yolanda's crazy, convoluted ass Twitter handle. Enjoy. Here's a Twitter question that I think it's definitely worthwhile discussing on the show. And I think this should be the last topic because I have some interview. Yolanda, what will it take to get you to change your Twitter handle to remove the underscores? <laughs> why it's not gonna happen because because it's so it's such a for the purposes of like to make the joke every time what's the last time you didn't make that you didn't make the joke on episode oh well because then it gets repetitive where i say you know we try to get her to change it but she's going to change it you have repetitive other stuff you make every week right but if it's a joke there's a difference between a joke and like a joke of us not being related to johnny cochran every week well, there's one week I didn't. I think handle. there's one week I didn't. Actually. So technically, that's your argument. There was one week out of all the multiple weeks we're going to do this. It's been three episodes. I like my Twitter handle. Here's an option. You could keep your current handle, rat mm-hmm. in the wheel with all underscores between the words. Yes. Or, and, here's what you do. You take your current handle. Yeah. You change it to just rat in the wheel, all one word, which is easy mm-hmm. to say, easy to communicate. You don't have to ever explain it. You mm-hmm. capitalize the letters of each word. You don't even have to do that. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Do it when you type it in. Right. That releases your old one to the to Twitter. You immediately go and register that one. So now technically you have two. 
And then on the rat underscore one, you just put a middle message there. All my tweets are on Rat in the Wheel. So people can still find you. They can still connect with you. That's but so weird. It's not weird. People, that's... I well, do, I've done understanding. It. Like, why do you want her to change it? Like, because it's just easy. Because it's too hard for him to say. No, but it's for you too. This is a metaphor. I'm it's for too you. difficult as it's, a black woman. I need. No. I'm asking too much. No. I'm it's, asking you to do too Yolanda, much work. This is for you, Yolanda. To this is satisfy what I feel that I need. This is. <laughs> I'm, this is a person thing. Does it have to be a black woman thing? Yeah, it could just be a person thing. Because if I could imagine if Ron was working with, you know, his, I'm teasing, sort of. Yeah. But I was saying, but this is for your own good too. Like when you communicate, is it for my own good? I'm Why telling, is it for my own good. If you stop interrupting, I'll tell you. Okay. If you commute, when you communicate your social media handle to someone, the easier it is for them to understand it. The easier it is if you want them to find you. If you don't care if they find you, then it doesn't matter. Ron, let me finish. Do you understand? Just, let me finish. Let okay. Me finish. Okay. So if you can say, "Hey, my name is Yolanda. You're at. You're talking. You know, the podcast is going big. We're at a conference." And we're giving a speech. And they say, hey, share your Twitter handle. And you're like, I'm right in the wheel. All one word. Each word. That's easy to find. Versus right in the wheel, all the words separated by underscores. But then you said it automatically it? pops up, right? Like if they start typing rat, it'll, her thing will pop up? Cause no. What I'm saying is, if you do what I'm saying, you can have rat in the wheel as your, or even do it this way. I, you may not even be able to get Rat in the Wheel by now. Who knows? I don't think she can. I think it's but no, like it's you, available. So get Rat. So it get. Is. So do this. Yes. Get Rat in the Wheel. Keep your main Twitter handle exactly what it is. Get Rat in the Wheel, all one word, and just create one tweet. You know, all my tweets are at, and then you link to your main one. Then, I feel like I'm in it. Then it's boom. From, it's what easy. is that movie? The player. What is it? The What's player? It? Which one? Sharks. Swimming with sharks. Is that it? Where it's what? Oh, well, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's nervous. I think it was. I, uh, it might have been a player. Okay, Ron. Do you, but do you understand what I'm explaining? I totally understand uh, what you're explaining. What's wrong and with here's that idea? What I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying to you. Yes. If you go on Twitter, go on Twitter on an incognito window. Okay. Hey, look. I just typed in "rat in a wheel" and she popped up, even though there's underscores. Even though there is underscores, I didn't put underscore. I just put rat in the wheel. She could just say you, you did a search. Rat. Yeah, I did search, and she popped right up. Yeah, but that might be because because you already have me. Go to an incognito window. Okay. And then go to Twitter. Yep. Okay. Type in look. Yolanda Cochran. Yes, I understand. Everyone, do it. I've done do that it. before. I don't do it. Fine. Do it. Do it. What's coming up? Well, if you go in an incognito window, it requires you to sign in. You can't go to Twitter and uh, without signing no, in, right? Yeah, well, which is lame. But I've if I, you I, search Yolanda Cochran. You, I understand that you come up. I totally get that. I come up, and JD just typed in "rat in a wheel" without underscores, and I came up. Let me see. But that doesn't change the. F All right, so okay, so then instead of saying, you know. For your line of Cochrane, just do a search of your line of Cochrane on Twitter and you'll find her. Do you want me to no, say that? No, you say at Rat in a Wheel. You can't do that because if someone ever does do at Rat in a Wheel, then it won't ever go to you. Well, I'll just go get Rat in a Wheel right. and park it. 
That's what I'm saying. That's exactly. That's, but I'm not gonna say go looking for my tweets at blah blah blah. That's stupid. Oh, you know, well, because technically you can't park. Right. Well, I would, this is I would, all right. I could, I could this is what I'm gonna do. To I'm well, going to. I'm going to register Rat and Wheel using the podcast email, and okay. then I'll just create a tweet saying. Don't create a tweet though. You have. Why not? Just let it sit there with no. He's got no do, posts. You're saying she has to do one tweet. So no, you don't. You don't. You don't. I can put it in the bio. Anything. You have to put a bio. Follow me you at. You don't have Rat to put Will. a bio. Uh, you don't I think have you to do. put a bio. No, you do not. You do not. Hmm. I kind of think we sh we should create this account and just use it for a bunch of fun <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> in search. I feel search. like you're creating a problem where there isn't one, and I also feel like it's just added effort that you don't want to expend. It's not. It, it honestly is not an added effort to me. It really isn't. I'm. It's a unique twitter handle that i like that makes it more it makes you of you it makes you have to do some added couple right. seconds to say but, it you know, i think she's at an advantage because just the fact that you take the time to say rat underscore and a wheel however you say it, like rat and a wheel with underscores between the words that is something that's going to make people remember her tag because most everybody does it the way you're suggesting but the fact that you point out every time she's riding a wheel with underscores in between each word i think that will make people under go to her more that because i've heard that before i've heard other people say that and i've actually gone and tracked people down when they say there's an underscore in the blah 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 because she, she's mm -hmm. not the first one that's ever done that i've heard that on other podcasts i went and looked people up mm -hmm. so for me it was also it, it just made a, another kind of mental hook because most people do what you're saying ron i'm at blah 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 at blah 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 but if you Throw the underscore in there. I think it goes further to. They're not going to find me if they type it wrong. And if they search by Yolanda Cochran, they're going to see, oh, look, there's this Twitter handle that's rat in a wheel with underscores in between. Like, yeah, I, I don't I, understand what the problem is. Like, who are we talking about? Like people from Hills Have Eyes or something that don't know how to work a computer? This is this is like this is the kind of, you know, it's the kind of work I do with my clients when it comes to marketing. I understand that. And so that's, sometimes that, that my, doesn't work. You're right. And I would push back on that because I just. Sometimes they still want to have a URL. That's sometimes the very thing that people say, here's what's going to make you exist. Here's what you need to change because mm -hmm. it's going to make They're you wrong. more successful is the exact reason why that person becomes successful. Yeah. And again, all you got to say is right and wheel with underscores in between each word. <laughs> Which is what I, mean, I say. I just like. It's like that's that's all you gotta say. I got my own reasons. I love you, my dear. Thanks for hanging out for this bonus. As always, this podcast is a production of Blade Runner Media. That's my company and Bonnie Clyde Productions. That's JD and Yolanda's company. And we're part of the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network. Yeah, if you want to catch me on the socials, I'm just at Blurred Runner, Blurred Runner, and JD is at that JD Cochran. He's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And of course, you can always follow Yolanda at Rat in a Wheel with all the words separated by underscores. And as she has uh, repeatedly reminded me, when you write it as all one word, it looks like Retina Wheel. So it actually is a good idea to keep it with the underscores. 
I'll give you this one, Yolanda. You made the right choice. All right, that's it uh, for this week. Remember, having white privilege is not bad. Denying it is in an absence of biblical certainty. Choose love. See you next week for the season finale. All to the